Big Fluff. I know it says here that we already tried throwing Tahani under the bus, but maybe we should revisit that. Throw her a little bit harder. Maybe under a bigger bus. What do you think? I think this is pointless. We're trapped in a warped version of Nietzsche's eternal recurrence. Oh, cool. More philosophy. That'll help us. Well, don't you see the problem? We are experiencing karma, but we can't learn from our mistakes because our memories keep getting erased. It's an epistemological nightmare. Ugh. Even your nightmares are boring. You, you were so mean, Eleanor. You're just like those childhood bullies who said I would never get tenure. And you are so irritating. In one of these reboots, I probably strangled you and then went to the even worse place. But you know what? I bet it was worth it. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hobo Radio, the official podcast of HoboTrashCan.com. You can share your thoughts on the show anytime by emailing Joel at Murphy's Law at HoboTrashCan.com. Hey, it's Jan and Barney. You're listening to Hobo Radio, and I got to go because I just finished my can of beans and I got a train to hop. And now, here's Joel. And Lars. And Lars. Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And with me, a liquid consisting mainly of acetic acid and water, Big Vinegar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Wikipedia. Uh, but also Lars Periwinkle is your Hello. yeah that was your nickname your nom de plume by the way My so nickname. also let's introduce uh, our we have a special guest uh, as well uh, and that would be Molly hello hi but hi I just okay can I have I have some thoughts on Aladdin this is relevant right because uh-huh. of uh, they made a movie recently yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's a popular culture. It's a popular culture, right? Uh, yeah, it, it, it they came out a while ago. Uh, also, Molly's famous, and we're going to get to that in a second. But uh, you, got a, you got a hot take on this movie that's been no, no, no. But here, talked uh, about to death. I just have a couple. Qu- here's a couple of things, a couple of thoughts okay. on Aladdin because I love me some Alan Menken, and I don't know for some reason Molly and I have been talking about Alan. But Menken. doesn't the genie look weird? Is that uh, what you're going to say? I haven't seen the new movie. This is all thoughts on anger. The, this is all thoughts on the 1990s movie, the anime. Okay. But uh, okay, first of all, Aladdin knows the the uh, phrase "nom de plume." That's just impressive. Like everyone shits on him for being a street rat, but yeah. he he breaks out nom de plume in that song one step. Just want to put that out there. He's, oh, I did I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the genie kind of a dick because the genie has a whole fucking song. Uh, You've never had a friend like me, right? Yeah. Literally, also in that song, one step, he says, "You're my only friend, Abu." Like, yeah, okay, he's never, he has one friend, motherfucker. Like, you're really going to sing this whole song about, like, oh, I'm a magical genie. I'm such a great friend. He doesn't have any friends. Like, maybe tone it down. That, so you're saying, what you're saying is the song he sings is 100% correct. 
Well, it's correct, but it's also like, I don't know, like, okay, so if someone was starving and they hadn't eaten in like, you know, weeks and you fed them you know, some sort of fancy like three course meal, uh-huh. would you really sit there the whole time and be like, this, this is pretty fancy, right? Like, this, this you've never had cuisine like this. Would you give a shit if you were eating that delicious meal though? <laughs> I mean, you would. Oh, I forgot. Yes. Consider the source. You miserable son of a bitch. You would eat that food and just call me a dick the whole time for talking about the food. Also, the genie, kind of a shitty genie. Just throwing this last thought and then I'm done talking about Aladdin. But like, (laughs) let's look at these wishes. Okay. First of all, he wishes to be a prince. So what does he do? He sings a song about him being a prince and puts him in some clothes, but Mm -hmm. he doesn't like actually, you're a magical fucking genie. You can't make him be a prince. Well, you, so you have to fuck over another prince? I'm not. What do you mean fuck over a prince? I'm saying like forge a document or something. The fact that Jafar can just wave a staff and be like, no, he's Aladdin now. Shouldn't something have changed if it was a magical wish? You just get a no, song. You're right. Here's here's what they here's what the genie should have done is create a fictional nation. Yeah, can he and do that? Look, I. <laughs> I think you guys are really not the people to be arguing about the socio-political intricacies of Agrabah. If not us, then who? <laughs> no, let's. I want to talk. Guy let's, <laughs> let's solve the problems of the Middle East right here. Uh, okay. No, you know what the thing is. No one has tried to just really like sit down. Let's figure out the Middle East. <laughs> let's hash it out. Okay. Here's the thing. I have some thoughts on borders I mean, and where they should be. <laughs> I mean. No, <laughs> not doing this. Right. I don't. I'm a I'm a Barnes and Noble guy. So yeah, I don't have any opinions. And scene. Okay. All right. So Molly's famous. Okay. The, okay. I since when? Since uh, well, since by I the went time to you're, a library. It's been this week. Uh, by the time you're listening to, as of this recording has been a day, it'll it'll probably be like another day by the time people are hearing this. So two days. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, so let, we'll back it up, because uh, you don't know any of this, so I'm excited to to catch you up to speed. Sure. So this started. I, um. I, I really like libraries and books, and I'm, I know, right? Like, hashtag nerd, fake geek girl, what? Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm like a reader. Um... <laughs> I've ruined any goodwill I've just accumulated. Um, no, but um, I have always really liked ethics. I, When I was in college a few years ago, I was actually on the University of Baltimore ethics uh, debate team, which was awesome and very exhausting for anyone who's not into that kind of thing because nobody really wins they just argue the best points against each other but nobody's really right or wrong you're just Mm -hmm. exploring all the different possibilities um which is like the most intellectually stimulating thing for me possible and very exhausting for everyone i told about it Mm -hmm. but um i I'm really excited to be trying to go back. I'm taking one class at community college this semester. It's very exciting. Um, and the class I'm actually taking is an ethics for modern life class. So we went to the library so that I could kind of geek out and go back and look through ethics books. You're taking an ethics class in Los Angeles. Yeah. Here, here just take this pamphlet home. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but dad zinger. <laughs> but if only there was some shit we could talk about Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Right. Sad. Oh. <laughs> This is a feel-good story. Yeah, really. <laughs> but oh. if you're somebody who's into ethics and pop culture, it's highly likely you're a fan of the show The Good Place. So uh, as I was looking for books, I was keeping in mind the book What We Owe to Each Other by T.M. Scanlon, which is a book that's kind of, is actually kind of like what sparked the inspiration for the show. Um, but it's very big on the show. Um, and I had gone to the LA library like months ago to see if they had it. And it had been checked out and was like backlogged for months. Like just everyone wanted to take it out. I assume mm-hmm. from the show. Mm-hmm. It's all Ted Danson. He keeps checking it. He out. just keeps <laughs> checking it out. I mean, he's, he's a demon. Um, <laughs> but the show's been on long enough. I, that's not a spoiler. Um, yeah. But I ended up coming across a copy of it, which instantly was, like, so exciting because I didn't expect it to be there. But I started flipping through it, and on the title page, someone had actually written Eleanor Fine Cheaty, which... Oh, that's right. Yeah, which, like, actually... Like, I kind of got teary-eyed because, like, I really didn't expect it. And it was just kind of this, like hopeful like holy shit somebody like there's someone else like me i don't know who this is but someone else wanted to put this here and knew that someone else would be looking for this book and would be excited to like have this moment and i don't know who you are and this is just so great and that was the um that was the um, kind of, sort of, the the cliffhanger from seasons one to two is they yeah. she had to leave a a note for herself to find someone so yeah. they yeah. kind of reconnect yeah. and figure out what the hell was going on. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. she folded up the note and put it in Janet's mouth because Janet can't yeah, swallow yeah. anything. Yeah, because basically she had like a few seconds before mm-hmm. uh, Ted Danson's character was going to erase everyone's memory, and yeah. she knew it, mm-hmm. so she needed something. Like in her own handwriting, if I use this book, and it was the book is a book that Sheedy had, so that was like a connection. So there was a lot of like it was basically a clue to herself. Yeah, right. but yeah, so it was just this like kind of instant like I was already like you know there's like there's already a lot tied up in going to take a you know college class. I haven't been in school for a number of years. I've you know had some issues in recent years with some medical stuff, so I've not been able to really pursue some of my desires recently. So I'm mm. already going to take a class. Then I'm going to, you know, try to find this book that I haven't been able to find. I went and found the book. Then there's like this note to be like, there's hope for the world. There are other people like me and it's an ethics book. <laughs> um, so it was just this like crazy overwhelming thing that was just wonderful, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so we took, well, so, we took hey, a I'll, picture of it. Yeah, so basically Molly was in the library. She showed it to me, and I thought it was really cool. And we basically, uh, I think, you know, we do like this one second a day thing. Uh, there's an app, and you like you film one second a day. And so it was like for that, I just recorded her like opening the book 
uh, and showing the the note the Eleanor find mm-hmm. Chidi. And then I don't know, it just really like brightened Molly's day and it really made me happy and we were talking about it. And I, I think like what kind of like resonated with us too is it's this idea like that it's just this really cool Easter egg, right? Of like someone did this, like they wrote it in the book and they didn't get to see the end result, you know, of like they put this out into the world. Like it's very a good place kind of move of like you did something to make someone's day better without like right. ever getting the benefit of seeing their reaction. Moral which is, dessert. Yeah. Yeah. There was no moral dessert. Like you did something good just to do something good. Cause you were like, sure. this might make someone else happy. And we just thought it was cool. And like, just like really we're reflecting on the show and just how special it is in this connection. And I don't know if you know this, but things are often quite terrible in the world, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but this was like a nice fun thing. And so, uh, you know, Molly ended up posting about it, uh, on social media, but she doesn't have a Twitter. And so uh, I was like, well, would it be cool like if I posted about this on Twitter? Uh, And so I wrote a message, you know, I did the photo of Molly holding the book open in the library and then like a close up of the note that Eleanor find cheaty. And I just wrote, well, I can't help but wonder how many points one loses for defacing a library book. It filled my wife and me with great joy to find Eleanor find cheaty written in the LA library's copy of what we owe to each other. Thanks. And then I tagged Mike Schur. Uh, for making this world the good place. So that's what I wrote. Uh, and just like ultimately like the two things I think that we were like, you know, it'd be cool is one, if Mike sure saw this, cause like yes. that would be cool. Like he, he should know that his show inspired this, especially it's a thing that happened in LA. Uh, and two, maybe we'll like the person who did it would see it, you know, like they would get to oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. That would be rad. Uh, so <clears throat> right away, one of those two things happened pretty quickly, yeah. uh, which is we ended up finding out, uh, that is a person named Megan Staggs, uh, and that's her Twitter. It's at Megan Staggs, uh, S T A G S. But she, uh, a friend of hers saw it and kind of like tagged her in it. And then we traded some messages and she said, uh, in April, I took this book out from the library for the good place reasons. When I finished reading, I couldn't return it without a mild annotation to know that it was found and loved made my night. Thanks to free Mr. Clark and Mark Evan Jackson for sharing this so I could see it because yeah. So that was the whole thing is like, she saw it because Mark Evan Jackson saw it. Wow. Uh, actor from the good place and all around good dude. Like he had retweeted it. So we, we were able to like find her and trade some messages. Hilariously found out that it was her. She did it back in April, and it was her one second a day video <laughs> right. the day she oh, did no it. Shit. Yeah. So we got to like share one second a day videos. <clears throat> but so that was cool. And like, you know, oh, this, this is neat. This is like a neat little thing. And it's kind of blowing up. And Mark Evan Jackson is like posting it. Oh, that's fun. This is fun. And then like, I guess because he retweeted it, Busy Phillips saw it. Mm-hmm. And Busy Phillips, like, retweeted it with a message that said, I love both of these two things very much, the L.A. Public Library and The Good Place. And then did a bunch of, like, heart emojis and, like, crying emojis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then, so she posted that. And then from there, like, it just kept blowing up. Darcy Carden ended up liking the post and liking, Mm -hmm. like, I used a Janet gif to respond to someone. She liked that. Like, the official Good Place Twitter retweeted it uh the nbc twitter like commented on the post and uh as of this recording 
Uh, it has 1,655 retweets and 9,742 likes. Wow. Yeah. Cool, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like last night just like, my, my face is on Busy Phillips Twitter. <laughs> like, I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> like, that's really cool. I, I just read dense ethics books. It, it was just a, like, that, that's really cool. I, I'm just really, cool. like, I'm just really lucky, like, but also, like, very happy I don't have my own personal Twitter because it's a little overwhelming. It's weird, and it's also, like, it's odd because I pulled that up so I could read it to you, but it changed, like, people are still reacting to it, so, like, while I've had it open more people have liked it and retweeted and it's weird but it's i will say like i think what's been nice is first of all uh not a guarantee and especially you know like didn't expect this kind of reaction so the fact that like molly's face is in the post like i'm glad that you know the (laughs) sometimes what you might expect from just being a woman on the internet like a lot Mm -hmm. of i have there's been none of that there's been no like you know someone said she looks like Kristen bell which is very lovely (laughs) like of her holding the book she was like oh my god she looks like eleanor Mm -hmm. but like everyone's been very nice and supportive um there's i think the funniest thing is there's been a ton of librarians weighing in to to, Mm -hmm. they all say some version of this which is like you know, normally, like, I don't approve of defacing books, but this is great. And this is wonderful <laughs> that you did this. <laughs> like, uh, But a lot of librarians went in, uh, like, uh, a lot of people talking about, like, tearing up and getting very emotional seeing it. And I think this has been nice that it, it feels like this is this magical show that, like, you know, I'm glad that this person did it and that she brightened our day and then sharing that it brightened our day like brightened people's days and it's a nice like if all the reasons to blow up on twitter it's a actual not bad one <laughs> yeah yeah for real um also and- we didn't like you know invade somebody's privacy to be like look i'm so funny by commenting and invading somebody's privacy like i just wanted to read a book and something cool was in it that's a yeah. you know yeah, it'd be yeah. This I yeah, this is another one of those examples that proves that the internet isn't a total cesspool, right? All the time, all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. So that was that's just a, that's a fun thing that's been happening. Uh, also, it's it a, was fun. Yeah. Also, it's a really delight. Like, I mean, I say delightful if you like reading dense moral philosophy books, like which I do. But it's also really delightful because, like, there are certain ways that T.M. Scanlon explains things where I'm like, oh, my God, that's, like, literally, like, a thing in, like, about Cheaty. Like, he uses some example about, like, desires and liking, like, coffee ice cream and the way it feels cool on his tongue, like, or something to explain, like, desire versus reason and how it plays Mm. into morals. And I'm like, that's how he talks about almond milk (laughs) like you Mm -hmm. actually use that example like from the book you just changed the thing so you're okay so you're accusing you're accusing someone of plagiarism then yes Lars that's what I'm saying well but here's the thing is that the book itself let's change let's change this to something terrible and (laughs) (laughs) well also the book itself would really question whether it was plagiarism you know if that would even be wrong if it was like how do we know you're not reading the book yeah. You can't. We can't plagiarize feelings. People, 
can feel similarly. Okay, hold on. You wait, can't. wait, 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 wait. Everybody, this, stop. I need to write down. Isn't... You can't plagiarize feelings because that is for sure the trailer line from the next like movie. Lars and I write together. <laughs> <laughs> I love you both, but you know nothing about ethical arguments. No, no, no. But okay, hold on. Picture it. So there's like. It's a lazy... We got to switch it out because it's, you know, uh, 2019. So the girl is lazy and phoning yeah. in her education and it's a nerdy... No, that doesn't work either. It's a girl that's phoning it in and a girl that's nerdy and they fall in love. That's better. Uh, yeah. But like, so she's plagiarizing from the other girl. But then, I don't know what, she plagiarizes like some romantic notes or like she's trying to copy her notes or something, but then it's a romantic note, but it's a romantic note to her. Because okay, you what can't if, plagiarize okay, no, feelings. No. What if, <clears throat> what if the what if the nerdy girl is also um, emotionally disconnected, mm-hmm. and so the the other girl is is cheating off of her or or paying her or using her in some way, shape, or form to to pass this class, and is plagiarizing from her work, but the nerdy girl who's emotionally disconnected is trying to make herself more emotionally available by and doing impressions of this other person's feelings oh. but it fails you know why it fails you can't plagiarize emotions yeah i you like guys it. i feel like this was all summed up much more effectively by millhouse van houten's dad in his debut single oh, can, can, oh, I, can I, borrow I borrow a feeling, a feeling? <laughs> can but you he, lend me a jar of love yeah but he at least has to borrow it so that's that would be ethically probably better i think <laughs> Can I have the keys to your car, lover? I have to change my wig. <laughs> I sleep in a race car bed. <laughs> I sleep in a big bed with my wife. <laughs> I like that one meme that says, uh, uh, my nephew was bragging about sleeping in a race car bed. Loser. I sleep in a real car. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty great. Yeah. So, but here's the the other thing that I've been wondering, like the thing that we've avoided so far, and I'm wondering, I feel like we're at a threshold that if we, if the tweet continues to get enough traction, I've been trying to decide who it'll be, if it'll be like BuzzFeed or Huffington Post or Uproxx. Like, I feel like one of them will write the like, you'll never believe what happened when these good place fans went to the library. Yeah. And then you read it and you're like, Oh no, it's very nice. I believe it. I believe it's it. It's not unbelievable. It's oh, very no, see, nice. I think it'll be more twisted though. You'll never believe what two things busy Phillips loves that made her cry. <laughs> <laughs> but it also inevitably all those articles, it, it's like, it'll be four paragraphs of like, you know, television was invented <laughs> like, cause they have to pad because ultimately oh, they're yeah, just yeah, posting yeah, yeah. a tweet and then probably under it, like a bunch of the risk. Here are some of the responses to the tweet. Librarians seem to approve except one who was a little conflicted. Yeah. No. Ne- yep. Next page to, to finally see what this is. Nope. One more page. Oh, Every okay. time you click on this, we get money. Yep. The only thing that's worse than that is the fucking recipes. Like, I don't want your memoirs about, like, the first time you ever tried tiramisu. Like, it's, I, I understand. Especially when it's a spaghetti recipe. I know, it's that's really, just weird. It's really weird. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, you know what I thought you were going to say is you had a really great post one time when you said, um, uh, here, I'm paraphrasing, but you, something to the effect of, here's what these Disney princesses would look like if they were posted as, as clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, I think what Lars is saying is if you if you liked the viral tweets, you go back through those backlogs. There's some, <laughs> some quality content. There's some stuff there. Yeah, there's, I mean, if you put them as a whole from, like, the entire time I've had Twitter, there's, like, five or six, like pretty funny things. Look, if you take everything I've done in my life and condense it <laughs> down to one weekend, to one week, it, was, it looks pretty good. Thank you, George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but let's uh, let's get down to the real business. Uh, you know, we have a real internet celebrity here, which is exciting, but, you know, we, we can't get too far off track. We have to talk about the important stuff. This is a pop culture show, and I really uh, wanted to get into this great article uh, that was posted on the Wall Street Journal entitled oh. Fast and Furious Stars Complicated Demand. I never want to lose a fight. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think I, I read. I don't sure. Think I, I don't think I read that in the Wall Street Journal, but I did read that. It was real dumb. Uh, but yeah, it starts. It also it has a dateline. It has a like it starts Los Angeles. I, I guess it's just Wall Street Journal style, but like I love that we're letting us know where this takes place. Uh, but it says Vin Diesel doesn't want to look like a wimp. Uh, the actor was in rehearsal for yet another fight in his seventh Fast and Furious movie when he started to sense his co-star and on-screen opponent Jason Statham was landing more blows than he was. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Diesel had an idea. Also, <laughs> why are you Mr. Well. Diesel? Mr. Diesel. Look, Mr. Diesel is my dad. Call me Vin. <laughs> oh, God. And, no, sorry. Mr. Diesel is not actually my dad. That's not my fucking name. <laughs> no, I. Yeah. Yeah, it is more ridiculous. It's not a real name. Well, you don't have to respect your rules of, like, you know, Mr. Right. Rock, say, stay in. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Uh, but the, why not assign numerical value to every move? Headbutt, roundhouse, kick, body slam. So he could calculate a total and determine if the two men were getting pummeled evenly. You don't need a grading rubric for Seriously. fight choreography. How, how small is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? He has a system for calculating that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like basically. It has to do with body blows. <laughs> That, uh, yeah, A plus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm going to skip a bunch of this because there's a lot of details none of us need. But uh, it goes on to say, according to the producers and crew members on the film, Mr. Statham, 51 years old, negotiated an agreement with the studio that limits how badly he can be beaten up on screen. <laughs> Mr. Diesel, 52, has his younger sister, a producer on the films, police the number of punches he takes. And Mr. Johnson... <laughs> 47 enlist I'm sorry is that Mr. The Rock yeah it's Mr. The Rock uh, 47 enlist producers editors and fight coordinators to help ensure that he will always give as good as he gets <laughs> Mr. Johnson always gives as good as he gets says the Wall Street Journal ain't these, that the truth aren't these if these aren't pull quotes for <laughs> fucking Hobbs and Shaw I know I know that's not even any of my names but I want that to be my epitaph <laughs> Mr. Johnson G gives, gives as, as good, good as, as he gets <laughs> I, I, I can't <laughs> That's, you know what, that, that one surprises me. The other two, like, I don't know to, you know, I don't know any of these, any of these men, <clears throat> but I don't know a lot about uh, Jason Statham just as a person. Like, I like don't know, like, I've never seen a lot of interviews or read a lot of interviews or seen any presence from him on social media or anything. But um, uh, it surprises me about uh, Mr. Johnson. 
because yeah. he doesn't seem to have that fragile and masculinity thing. He takes he takes all kinds of roles and does all kinds of weird, goofy shit. I don't understand that. Well, but also here's you know uh, I kind of wonder like it feels like the the article like you know I don't know we could we can really debate you know who's all parse all this out but i mean it's pretty clear like vin diesel has his sister counting moves and using a rubric that's and which and what you're accusing uh the rock of is basically like he watches the scenes with producers to see how he looks like that could be you know what i mean like i'm not who knows what was said that's true. Which, and he could actually he could actually and this is not me making up an excuse because i happen because he's very likable and I like the guy. Or yeah. Anything. I'm just saying he's also someone who has worked within the world of fight choreography and he's been playing this character for a number of movies. He could just be be looking at it to to make sure that it's, you know, it's accurate. This is the way an actual some this actual fight would go. Not a realistic fight where I, you know, rip a sink out of the wall <laughs> fixtures and all. Yeah. Yeah, as it would happen, you know. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, like I, I wonder, I'm going to give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt. And honestly, uh, I don't know, even the, yeah, the Jason Statham stuff is a little vague of like, it's hard to know exactly what they Remember we talked before on the show about how, um, uh, about how Vin Diesel didn't want, like he... He has a problem with The Rock being so popular in this movie franchise. And I honestly think Which, that's what a lot see, of look it... How, look how that worked out for the last guy who complained about The Rock being in this movie franchise. It's dumb. Like, what do the you fact do? that we're, we're calling him the last guy. And well, probably a significant number of members of the audience, even though we talked about it on the show, are like, oh, who yeah. was that guy? Right. No, yeah. No, Tyrese, Tyrese said, it's either me or The Rock. And we're like, why would you... What? That's also how we... I mean, well, it's not how we got Hobbs and Shaw because it was already in like like that was the whole thing they announced they were making the spinoff movie and he was like you guys got to make a choice are you going to do this spinoff or are you going to have Tyrese in this franchise and well, well the box um, office speaks for itself yeah seriously like if you have a guy working in your gold mine who takes out twice as much gold as everyone else are you going to be pissed off about it are you going to say yay more gold yeah <laughs> Uh, I but side side note to all of this too is I do love like when this came out uh, there was someone her name was Hannah Einsflint uh, and she uh, let me click through it just she, film writer critic uh, yeah so I don't know what anyway she said when I interviewed Keanu Reeves we talked about his fight uh, with Csep Arif Rahman I'm sure I butchered that horribly mm-hmm. and uh, here do you want to try <laughs> The other one and <laughs> Yaya Ruyan uh, in John Wick 3. He was knocked down so much by them in rehearsal and pulled up off the floor that they included the moment in the film and Keanu refused to let them be killed by John Wick, <laughs> like in the movie. Holy so shit. she posted that like in response to the, this article and all yeah, this coming yeah, out. Yeah. They're basically like, just so you guys know, like, meanwhile. Like, you know, as the Keanu-sans, you know, lives on, Keanu Reeves is sitting there on the set of John Wick 3 going, actually, do I have to beat these guys? Because they're better at fighting than me. It's just you, you work, you work so hard to get all of those muscles and then you work so hard to develop this persona and you work so hard to be in all these movies. But how, 
You're so fragile. Yep. Oh no. Yep. I don't want to look little. Well, and it, it's funny because the Jesus. the rock obviously comes from a background of professional wrestling, which is something I've spent a not insignificant amount of time uh, of my life watching. And it's something that like guys like Mick Foley and, you know, people who really understand will talk about of like cuz obviously there's a bit of this in wrestling of like guys who uh you know really want to protect themselves and are very worried about their imaginary win-loss record or like you know like i can't have this guy pin me it'll hurt me you know because we all because all wrestling fans are sitting at home like keeping track of everyone's records you know and like we all are but uh guys like mcfoley like he's always had the logic of like i want the person my opponent to look like unstoppable and I want them to be devastating because then that way like if I beat them it's impressive if like I'm so much better than them and I'm booked in a way that I just destroy that guy well then I just destroyed a nobody like I want to like beat a guy in the ring that like kicks my ass you know like, yeah. so that yeah, it- no totally because you know Foley would especially in big matches would get devastated every single time and if he ended up winning the match, it was incredible. And if he ended up losing the match, it was still fucking incredible. Yeah. The point is that you're putting on a good show. Yeah. And no one gives a shit whether who won and who lost, really. it's It was a fucking brawl, and it was a blast to watch. Yeah, I also, watch a good fight. Yeah, well, also, Mick Foley is most famous for a match that he lost. <laughs> like, yeah. he's known for Hell in a Cell, which yeah. is barely even a match, honestly. It's just him getting decimated for yeah. like you know 20 to 30 minutes like but yeah that's what everyone remembers is like i love mick foley because of how badly he got his ass kicked like in you know but i do think that's a lost art that's something that people forget of like yeah i, I you know it honestly it would be interesting at this point to watch a fast and the furious movie and watch dom toretto get the shit kicked out of him you know absolutely it would that would be amazing not because i hate that character or i think those movies are dumb which i do <laughs> um but because like that would finally be something interesting oh yeah. look he got his shit handed to him <laughs> it just got something different happened also I will you get- know that's why you don't watch those day that's why i don't like I tried to watch Ballers and I hated it. And I tried to watch um, um, Entourage and I hated it because everything worked out every single time. It's right. not a story arc. Yeah. It's not a story arc. It's it's just that, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Wait, everything's not only fine, it's better than we imagined. We get Credits. everything we want. <laughs> yeah! Oh, <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Uh, but uh, also, now that I'm running through it because I have more of an affinity for the Fast and the Furious movies than you do. But I'm thinking about it. The Rock, to his credit, like ended up in a cast in one of those. Now, I know what you're thinking. Yes, he did flex his way out of that cast by the end of the movie. <laughs> but he actually, I think it was Jason Statham who like beat the shit out of him so badly that he ended up in a hospital in a movie. And Jason mm-hmm. Statham is originally introduced as a villain and loses to all of them. Like I actually, I'm putting this on Vin Diesel. I am comfortable, uh, you know, just, I'm, I'm putting this at the feet of, as the wall street journal no, would say, true. Mr. Like, Diesel, even, <laughs> even, um, even in his turn as, as someone who's doing something bad, he was doing it because he was being forced to. And even when he did the bad things, he did them flawlessly. <laughs> 
and he never and lost to like and then he when he decided to turn and become good again he also did that flawlessly so pretty much just uh, mr incredible over here and also he doesn't take much damage ever like all his no. fights are you know washes like it's he, yeah no i'm putting this at him because i've i've seen in those movies the rock and jason statham get their asses kicked to some extent okay. like yep. so although i know what you're saying fine i will acknowledge that as groot he did take a lot of damage at the end of guardians of the galaxy uh so <laughs> voluntarily he did it for he family did it as as the savior for he did his, it for, oh, for his for, fucking family for family because <laughs> up until then he had been really more of a lone wolf you know well you know <laughs> to catch a wolf you gotta be a wolf also to his credit you know in infinity war uh he he does get his arm ripped off in order to <laughs> voluntarily yeah to save the day again yeah it was kind of a trend Uh, but how have you been? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this whole time, you know. I've, no, I've, I've been fine. I had a, I kind of, the other day I got my ass kicked by this guy in this muscle car. He was pulling off a heist. Oh, yeah. And I uh, tried to stop him. I was like, stop heisting. And he said. Uh, that's uh, what you got to say. Uh, yep. Like, I have to for, I don't know how to do a Vin Diesel impression without sounding like Sylvester Stallone. Can you guys do it? it no. Okay. Family. 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 That's, that's pretty much, that's pretty, that's actually pretty accurate. You know what I love is that he has a character that only says one line over and over again, and that's not the line that you and I do to pretend to be Vin Diesel. Yeah, no, I won't. I won't look. You know, and to his credit, since we also, were talking you know what? Sorry, him, real quick before you go to his credit, the fucking Iron Giant didn't like take much damage either. <laughs> no, well, he was made of iron, and also he was a giant. Yeah, but I bet that he probably couldn't have signed on fast enough. I'm the giant, he, but when he did eventually take take uh, damage, it was voluntarily. <laughs> I want to track this. I really want to. Uh -huh. I want to track this. I don't. I don't know the Pitch Black franchise well enough. <laughs> Some of these guys, their ego is so fragile. Um, but he did uh, when he does uh, Groot. He stays in there and he does it in all of the languages. He learns "I am Groot" in all of the languages that it's going to be dubbed into, and he actually records all of it. So, and he doesn't have to do that. He does it. That's pretty rad. Do you think he does? That is really rad that he does it. But do you think he does that out of guilt for whatever they're paying him to just say, I am You know Groot. what? Probably. Because it still only I mean, takes a day. I mean, yeah. Good. <laughs> like. Yeah. Because, yeah, you, I mean, God bless him. He's, he has to learn it, you know, in every language. But also, it's still one sentence. <laughs> yeah. Soy Groot. And he, <laughs> ich bin ein Groot. <laughs> All right, so how many more countries before lunch? Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> Hold on, real quick, getting a text from my sis. She's been counting all the punches in <laughs> Fast Five. Yeah. What do you mean I got five and a half and he got six? Get those fuckers back in here. <laughs> you got to edit this right now. <laughs> also, I don't know the apple crate I'm standing on. It, it, like, I don't yeah. know if it's tall enough. Family. That's the other thing, too, is they really 
contort themselves to make it appear as if he and The Rock are the same height, which they are very much not. Oh, yeah, they, they are not. <laughs> it's mostly just shots of them standing like 15 feet away from each other, but it, it's like depth of field makes it look like they're like eye to eye. Absolutely. And that's the thing is... um these fucking movie stars, I swear to God. Because, you know, I understand that when you're, when you're, when you're in a ring on TV, you can't distort height. There's two, there's two people facing one another. Um, however, they still, those guys are so good and athletic, um, that they, they, the, the things, I don't know. What am I trying to say, man? Are you even listening to me? I am. I'm sorry. I'm slightly distracted by the fact that while you were saying that, I got a notification on my phone that the LA Public Library tagged me in an Instagram post because they uh-huh. posted. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It's gotten to the LA Public Library. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah. This goes Aren't all- they the people? They, they determine the uh, Golden Globes, right? No, that's the foreign press. yeah but that's just a popularity contest it's all political yeah (laughs) (laughs) like Um, they won't ever nominate darcy carden they they, um they're still able in these wrestling matches to like they're so good it's not like they're using special effects or anything like that i mean i'm really not trying to kiss professional wrestling's ass it's just that we're talking about two actors fighting each other there's a way to make that look good you don't have to be the same height as the rock to have a good fight with the rock no absolutely Especially when you have all the help of special effects and camera angles and cuts and choreographers no and it's yeah. it's just narcissistic it really is and the thing is like you're narcissistic i want people to think i'm big why the people who actually know you know you're not that big. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, you got to walk that red carpet at some point. Like, yep. uh, no. Like, well, God, he's probably sitting in a limo, like, watching. Is, it, is the rock off the carpet yet? Hold on. They're, they're done yet. Are they, are who, gonna... who, who am I presenting the award with? <laughs> nope, not short enough. It's got to be Michelle Rodriguez, but, like, <laughs> she can't wear heels. Yeah. Is Danny DeVito here? <laughs> Because speaking of Danny DeVito, infamously, we all know that on the set of Batman Returns, he was sitting there having his sister calculate how many times Batman punched him. (laughs) I want him to hit me in the face more times. (laughs) That was pretty good. Yeah, your Mr. Diesel is questionable, but uh, I I think that's a serviceable Danny DeVito. Yeah, It's it's like he was in the room. Yeah. I use that voice a lot. (laughs) <laughs> when you're because tired. when I say when I say the word trash, I have a hard time not saying it as Danny DeVito because I love the way. Have you seen that? The super it's on it's on YouTube. It's a super cut of him saying the word trash. That, no, it's really fun. That he sounds says trash. That sounds really. <laughs> Who came you, up with hold that? Hold on, no. Did you, like specific did you kink? watch? Yeah. Did you watch? You're the worst. No, I've never seen it. Oh my god, Lars. Okay. So, cancel all your plans and watch all five seasons of You're the Worst. Um, hey, hold no, on. Just in case you're on the fence, uh, I have three words for you. Paul uh-huh. F. Tompkins. I'm in. Yeah. You got to wait a few seasons. But when Paul F. Tompkins shows up, it's... That's he- the closest I got to feeling like a celebrity is when I uh, I tweeted a joke and he retweeted it. I was like, what? what? And that yeah. was the end. That yeah. was like 10 years <laughs> ago. But also, sincerely, like, it's it, it absolutely like excellent show um, okay 
but I will save the reference I was going to use because now it's pointless. No, that sounds like a very um, unbalancing video. Like, I feel like it would... Unbalancing? Yeah, like, I feel like I'd be watching it and just be like, I don't... Like, this is messing with my head. And then slowly Uh. I would just continue to consume it. It sounds like whatever the, like, uh, inverse of... uh, What is it? Uh, The... ASM, what is ASMR? The, yeah, it's like the inverse of ASMR. Instead of the like soothing well, whispering, st- it makes you stop feeling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it like I'm a sociopath it like fray, it like frays all your nerve endings. I want to believe maybe that's what Danny DeVito plays before he gets on a set, like to get himself psyched up, right? So I can get it. Yeah, I can. I can be me. Uh, real quick. Fish. Also, somewhere Rhea Perlman just gets like hot when she hears it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's her kink. Her specific. Maybe she made the video. It was. E- you know what? It was either her or Fred Savage. One of the two of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good call. Uh, Fred Savage. Real quick before I lose this thread, uh, I want to say to Fred Savage's show. Uh, what is it called? What just happened? Uh, mm-hmm. Is such a delightful show. If you haven't oh, seen yeah. it, uh, it's a fake like Chris Hardwick style show for a show that doesn't exist. Uh, mm-hmm. He does an after oh, show. Really? He does yeah. an after show for an ama- an imaginary show. I think called the. Do you Flare. ever see the show? Or you see only the see end. clips. So the way they do it is the show oh, starts God. by showing you the last scene of the flare, and then like a little uh, logo on the bottom says "Stay tuned for what uh, what just happened." live and then it's always like some because it's one of those shows like you know the exact kind of show that it is where every single episode ends with a cliffhanger like it's sort of like old school like lost or something like that like every single thing is like current walking dead yeah or current walking dead where it's just like so that inevitably it ends with some really dramatic thing happening like Uh you could in no way tie into whatever they did last week where you're like no half the times it's like different actors (laughs) like it's just not even yeah there's the continuity do not Accept the world you supposedly built, but then so they end that, and then the the fake credits roll for the flare as Fred Savage looks directly into camera and just goes, "What just happened?" And then like goes oh, over and sits. So down. Go- oh, I love that. Idea. Yeah, no, yeah. It's and like Joel McHale one- has been on as himself. Like uh, yeah, a like bunch it, of celebrities a, like yeah, come a, and do the panel. It's a great like meta vehicle for like things that like you know celebrities are actively promoting. Um, yeah, sure, 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 and also it's a it's a great uh, dick in the eye to those bullshit shows that oh, yeah. should have never existed. Yep. Yeah, but it's no, I love the idea. It's it's really great. Uh, but no, I real quick uh, while endorsing shows to go back because I said Paula Tompkins, but I want to give you a little bit more because I know you and I know what specifically interests you, yep. which also interests me, which is this that in the show Doug Benson shows up. Uh, to play himself, but he plays a parody version this of himself. Back in You're the Worst. Yeah, this is You're the Worst. Uh, sure. But Doug Benson plays Doug Benson, and basically the whole thing is is this sort of like playing against type where he, although maybe it's not even against type, but basically he like works in an office and just talks all the time about how like the whole weed thing is an act and like he's really a a very smart businessman and like everything is very professional and it's like one of the characters goes to work for him but basically there was some joke like a throwaway joke in an episode about how uh paul f Tompkins is a monster like that he's a horrible person who like you should be afraid of and paul f Tompkins watched that episode of the show and then tweeted at the showrunner like creator being like 
uh, y- you know, I love this show and am available to play myself as a monster, right? <laughs> like, like, give me a call. And then hilariously, as it always should be, uh, basically just, I feel like kind of stole Doug Benson's role away from him because then the uh-huh. next season it's just Paul F. Tompkins and you don't see Doug Benson anymore and he's amazing. That's rad. No, it's good stuff. He's so great. He like the whole show is really wonderful and I really love it, but, uh, Specifically, Paul F. Tompkins is great. Yes. In it. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's usually how that works. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's all. Those are all the TV wrecks that I've got for you. Cool. That means I have to stop my my current viewing of uh, Parks and Rec for the 13th time. I mean, I don't I know. Just do I want to try I... new things? No. Just I mean, watch okay. <laughs> more TV. <laughs> Look, Just I mean, do what we do. <laughs> what do you think we're gonna do? You think me and my internet celebrity wife are gonna sit here and hurt that gravy train that is Mike Sure Television? Right? <laughs> 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 like you keep watching Parks and Rec all you want, buddy. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. tell you not to. <laughs> I still have. I still haven't finished Good Omens. Like I'm still. I liked it. I'm behind. On Good Omens. By the way, I will just. I'll take a moment to just. I'm not fucking buying it. I don't care how many people tell me I will not watch Succession. I'm not interested in watching Succession. Like no. I don't. I don't. I'm not, it doesn't look interesting. And nope. I yeah. thought I thought everyone hated it, but then it's 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 marking like the really high ratings. Yeah. For the season premiere. I don't. I can't say I don't get it because I'm not interested in trying to get it. No. I I have a general sort of. I've come to uh, understand with television that whenever people sort of collectively go like this, this reflects what's going on today in our Mm -hmm. world. I go, oh, that's going to be some navel gazing crap. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, I felt felt the same way. Like it felt the same way about succession as I did about billions with like, those are people that I like what Brian Cox and Kieran Culkin, I did. That, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Paul Giamatti, same discussion. Yeah. But it looks, it just looks like vapid, vapid horse shit. Like yeah. you get to dress people in expensive looking clothes and they complain to, about how, them only making millions instead of hundreds well, of millions. And I'm not interested. Here's my, here's my thing. Anytime someone's like, this is what's, you know, reflects what's going on today. This is a show uh-huh. for our time. I go... Literally any art, any pop culture reflects what's going on in the world today right. because it's made by people who are living in the world today. Sure. Art is interpreted by people. I'm like, it's interpreted by people in the world today. I'm like, yeah. so a lot of times it's just overwrought, like, crap when you go, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. about what is today. I'm like, I don't need this like you know you know what i like watching stuff that isn't about today yeah or stuff that's actually well written and making an effort like this idea that sorry this idea that currently made art isn't reflected it reflecting the world is ridiculous like mm-hmm. it's incapable of not reflecting the world like i see what you mean yeah. you know like it's just it's very it's just it's really people jumping very far up their own butts mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know. I also the one that similarly gets me too is like all the stuff with the Handmaid's Tale when people are like, you have to watch this because this is what's happening to women. No, now. I and don't. I'm a woman living in the world today. I don't need to watch women on TV being tortured. Well, there's that, but there's also the fact that like Margaret Atwood wrote that book a long time ago to try to be like, hey, here's a warning about like some of my concerns about like where we might be headed, and it's like you can't just air the show now that we didn't listen to her at all and just did all the stuff also, like. <laughs> It seems like the, the horse has left the stable a bit. Also, like, I, I, I don't need to sit down and watch horrible things happen to women. Like, that's a yeah. really but it's, terrible thing yeah, to lecture I, women that's, about. That's like, why I haven't gone to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm only, I don't even, because <laughs> I, was, I was told, I was told, um, by the uh, the master filmmaker that wrote and directed that movie that he gives away very little in the trailer and you don't really know what that movie's about but I can tell what the movie's about and I don't I don't no, I'm not but excited about seeing you handle that shit the man. woman that you think is gonna get hurt <clears throat> isn't the woman who gets hurt it's other women spoilies it's all <laughs> the spoilies it's other women who get hurt but it's fine because they're the women that we decided it's fine to get hurt Yay. I also, what got me, which is the most Quentin Tarantino thing ever, which is that I, because I read some of the reviews about this movie uh, because I was very pessimistic about it. But uh, everyone said, oh, the best scene, though, there's one really great scene where Margot Robbie gets a chance to shine. Uh, you know, where Sharon Tate like goes to the theater and she sees her, mo- she sneaks in and she sits in the back and it's an empty theater and she's able to watch her I movie. I the same yeah. thing. But it's, yeah. but here's the thing. This is because Tarantino can't help but be fucking Tarantino. So apparently in the scene, she kicks her shoes off and puts her bare feet on, on the back of the fucking Sharon. For- motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, even in your like great Sharon Tate scene, you were still sitting there going like. No, let's get those feet in the frame. She's just so, oh. she's just so human. Oh, a blonde woman's feet. Let's get that done. Also, oh, but hold on. But in fairness, the the feet are a metaphor for Quentin Tarantino's boner. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, the, you know, the only other thing you need to know about that movie is that Bruce Lee's daughter is not happy with the. I read that. <laughs> I read Bruce, that. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe I don't know. Listen to her when she says that. Like instead of I didn't even I couldn't bring myself to read it because you and I have spent way too much energy listening to Quentin Tarantino talk about anything but i saw that he reacted and was like well let me defend my portrayal of him daughter of this man who has devoted your entire life to your father's legacy and who runs a martial arts school to like ensure that the next wave of like asian children are able to like continue like the trailblazing that your dad did you you don't need to include like Bruce Lee or Sharon Tate, like yeah, these, in, the, the thing is, this tell, shit isn't yours. Just tell a story about like you know aging actors in Hollywood in the '60s, and you know just tell that story. Like you don't need to co-opt like these aesthetics and like be adjacent to like a very infamous tragedy that's already been co-opted by sure. pop culture. Like you, yeah, you don't. I'm not. 
Like, yeah. you don't own it. You're not allowed. But you're a terrible misogynist who thinks that you're allowed to own racism and tragedy. So, you know, it's not surprising. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to downplay what he's he's done for the art form. And I'm not – I can't sure. even say that I don't like a lot of his movies. But I'm kind of glad that he said he's got one more and he's out. Oh, so I agree that. with pretty much all of that. Do yeah. some, you know what I like? I'd like to see him write more screenplays, and I'd like to see those screenplays get workshopped by other people. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. yeah, I love his ideas, but then he just like, how do you regurgitate your own shit and suck your own dick at the same time? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Also, I swear to God, if he fucking wins an Academy Award and I have to listen to him on stage talk about this movie, like, I did- remember when we texted each other at the same time <laughs> during his speech, where he thanked text, himself? That text was, did he just fucking thank himself? <laughs> yeah, what did he thank? It? No, I knew exactly what you were going to mention. He thanked himself in an acceptance speech. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, no. He's so, like, Tarantino, his early films, I really do uh, love quite a bit. And it, it, the person that he is is so terrible. And I have not enjoyed the I'm later. Not even, not even, like, the really early stuff. I still think that the um, the script, the actual script for Inglorious Bastards is, is a magnificent thing that was executed in just the most banal way possible but i think honestly. i don't know i think that you can mark inglorious bastards as like you know i i wouldn't say it's the peak but i can say that i feel like we've been in a decline since inglorious bastards that was the Probably. last one did, did death proof come out after inglorious oh, bastards that's a good because, question yeah yeah which by the way he is apparently said for his 10th film he wants to do a horror movie so it okay. is a horror movie i know but i guess he wants to make one that's good <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, go go away for a while. Also, side note too, I, we, we've covered the, the long and winding journey I've had to discover that I do love Leonardo DiCaprio when I, I wasn't so sure early on and I've, I've come I around. Remember, I remember trying to turn you and you refused, but here yeah. you are. But here I am. And I, but I, I saw some shit that was online that was like trying to go like, you know, we got to really appreciate that Leonardo DiCaprio, he's like the last true, like, you know, uh, actor. And it was like these set of like super arbitrary because he's never done uh, a superhero movie or a sequel. And I forget, there might have even been like a third thing, but it was like this very specific. And it's like, okay, well, sure. So he's never done a superhero movie. That's. Uh-huh something i guess i don't know what you're trying to say there but he's never done a sequel whatever but he also primarily does movies by like auteur old men directors (laughs) yeah and he does he's done a lot of biopics which i think is a trope for actors yeah like he has played he's played a a mentally disabled person or a differently abled person yeah he he did a historic you know like titanic is is more fiction but like he played with like a historical he played jay edgar in a fucking movie like he's tarantino is a franchise at this point yeah like you're you know but also yeah like yeah you're not gonna win a bunch of points by being like you know he's a true actor because he only works with uh like martin scorsese and quentin tarantino (laughs) and like inaratu like wow he's really branching out you know (laughs) yeah give me a break Uh, but yeah, it's like we also, you know, also you're shitting on, I guess, Brad Pitt, who's in the movie with him and like a bunch of other like, 
I don't know. You're, you know who's done a superhero movie? Chidwell Ejiofor. You know who's a fucking amazing actor who I have a tremendous amount of respect for? Him. Like, fucking Robert Redford is in, in Captain America. Like, what do you want? And Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, shut up. Um, yeah. Like, fucking, um, uh, I, um, I, I always, I always get, I get them mixed up sometimes. Uh, Hella. Can you help me out with Hella's name? Oh, um... Mm-hmm. Not now that you asked. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, uh... Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. I, we all blanked. Yeah. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, se- several-time Academy Award nominee and, and winner. Two-time Academy been, Award winner. Has been... One time for a movie a fun- she was in with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. So why don't we all calm the fuck down? Also, Brie Larson has an Academy Award. <laughs> like, What movie was she in with Leo? No, I uh, said... No, Brie, wait. Oh, oh Kate. Uh, Kate Blanchett? Yeah. The Aviator. Yes, that's right. Look, yeah. where he where was a biopic where he's, he's playing an old white guy. Yeah. Well, give me a fuck. Give me a fucking break. He's a working ass actor who's yeah. in giant movies and makes lots and lots and lots of money. Yeah, and we don't need always hooked up with some kind of bikini model. So let's calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it's fine. We don't need to like make some huge like overture about his career like you're, yeah there's you're no doing, there's no you're doing like good. last there's yeah. no last old hollywood person or someone who's just an artist or whatever everyone's trying to work and get paid and everyone wants to wants to be in big movies and do a good job in the goddamn movies yeah yeah like also we don't know that like leonardo dicaprio wouldn't take one of those roles like if it was you know whatever like who knows you know like yeah who knows like, what maybe he's, he's just discussions for? Maybe he's just mad that Iron Man was already cast. He was like, I want to play the like you know billionaire yeah, exactly. who like dates all the young hot like yeah. models. I am I mean, Iron you, Man. You know who else fits that bill is fucking Jeff Daniels. So why don't we just say it's Jeff Daniels? He's been around longer anyways and does a lot more shit on stage. So let's just say it's Jeff Daniels. He's the last one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Because why the fuck not? It's yeah. just as arbitrary as any goddamn anyone else. <laughs> I'm just. I really, you're going through the list now, and you're like, what? "No, he played. He played fucking George Washington. That's right, and he killed it. He's also really funny. He's, he's all that Aaron Sorkin crap. No, yeah, he is the last one. I guess. Let's yeah. just fucking say that. I mean, he did do a yeah, sequel. Assholes. He did do a sequel and Dumb Dumb and Dumber Two. <laughs> yeah, he well, Leo in was in movie. Critters Three, so this is a dumb argument. Oh yeah. <laughs> And all I'll point out is there is no hilarious gif of Leonardo DiCaprio shitting his brains out on a toilet that can like pop up yes. on Twitter. Every so you know what? Once we have that, then maybe you'll. Yeah, but we yeah. have we have Leo delightfully walking down the street that's that can true. be superimposed well, that on one. anything. There's also that like his martini glass always pops up. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the he also did, he did a remake up, of The Great Gatsby. Why are yeah, we? Yeah, let's really yeah. like he's he's such an artist. Yeah, we really jumped that. Like, gut. look, he was real good in The Revenant. Okay, like, yeah. and he I was really good in The Revenant. Yeah. He's really good in most of this shit. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying, I love Titanic. Special it's attention. A, like, I don't care. I have no qualms. I fucking love that yeah, movie. You're good like, at acting. Yeah. Lots of people are good at acting. Yeah, you're, just, still, you're still, the art, The whole thing is benign. Well, the idea that there's only all, everyone, one. Everyone who's a successful actor is, all, at best, they're going to be half as good as Alfre Woodard at the end of the day. So it's all <laughs> bullshit anyways. Yeah. 
Also, none of us... Who has been two different characters in the MCU. One on the Netflix series, and then one in the movies. So... That's apparently going to happen more, though, because I don't know if you heard who's playing Blade, but it's the villain from season one of fucking... (laughs) Right. Yeah. Cottonmouth is now Blade. Yeah, so... Uh, just further uh, proof that they do not give a shit about those TV shows. <laughs> they should. They really should. Good stuff no, there is, but they, they just, it didn't latch on. And now with Disney Plus, like, I feel like they really are just throwing those out. Well, there's no way they put anything like the Punisher series on Disney Plus. Oh, but we're totally out of time. But can I just take a second? One more. This is it. We can be done after this. But I've been seeing a lot of stuff of like articles about Marvel is struggling to figure out how to keep Deadpool rated R because they, they want to continue to make rated R Deadpool, but also to incorporate him into the MCU. Don't. Don't, don't. fucking incorporate keep him into him the MCU. Yeah. Because keep also, first of all, don't do it because the character should just be the rated R, like foul mouth Ryan Reynolds playing him. But also, don't do it because he... it It's already flimsy enough in the comics his entire fucking thing is being meta and referencing yeah. that he's in a movie at all times yeah. and that yeah, nothing is that. real. And all his jokes would be about like the actors who are playing the parts and what other actor, like what other parts they've so, played. Don't do it. Like don't he, do he it. doesn't fit in the MCU that you've created. Like he don't do it's it. Great, it's great that you have Colossus in there and you're referencing the fact that no other X-Men like popular X-Men can be, in the movies it like you've had you've had him wear Hugh Jackman's cut out face you called you called a, a character played by the actor who played Thanos fucking Thanos you yeah. just can't do it don't incorporate it it's a giant mistake make Deadpool 3 and have the whole thing be that like all of the X-Men have left to go be a part of Disney and they won't include him. Like, make that movie for sure. Like, yeah. like I would love to see that, that he's still holding on to the 20th Century Fox logo and he won't switch over to a Disney logo. Like, make that meta movie if you want and have him, like, sure. I don't know, Hemsworth would show up. Like, have Hemsworth show up in that movie if you want or something. But Why like, not? Why but, not? There was a great, there was a great, um, there was a, a really good storyline where, uh, Deadpool and Thanos were fighting <laughs> for death. For death. Yeah, no, it's like a great they were, comic. They were both trying to win the hand of death, and it was really funny and brutal and very odd. But you want you want to do that? Like he's already he's already in the movies, anyways. Go ahead and make that one. That's a lot of fun. You don't. It doesn't have to be in continuity. Keep him the fuck out. Yeah, it, not it, not canon. Keep it legend. Legend is good. Canon bad. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's all I got. Thank you. Thank you for. Yes, well, well said, sir. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's what, what do we cover today? Um, Molly's super famous. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what, what, what else? What else did we do? Let's see. Um, Dead, Deadpool should be separate. Uh, Leo is good, but get the fuck off his bone about it. He's, he's a good actor. There's, yeah. There's lots. There's of lots good of actors. good. Lots of really good actors. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, and then I like. Just spilled a beer. Oh, the, oh man! So, Throwback. so it's a podcast. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, I'll just I'll close it out on this note. Update because I know you're all wondering because you you can't go. You need the and, Dennis Farina update. Update. <laughs> uh, as it stands now, I have good news, bad news. This is a classic good news, bad news situation. The good news is it is now officially over ten thousand likes. Oh the my tweet. 
God, I'm so famous. The bad news is that someone else commented. So it was 69 comments. It's now 70. So <laughs> I know I'm disappointed, but there you go. <laughs> so remember, question everything. request um since i am a viral sensation and i assume this will get posted on twitter can we not use my last name in this specific uh Um, recording sure yeah like i realized if someone wanted to my last name's available other places but like i don't want it in this particular podcast sure thank you all right all right everyone's gonna assume it's murphy because everyone's a horrible misogynist (laughs) Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. 
Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. Hi, I'm John Bennett. And I'm Patrick Stork. And we are the hosts of Expert of Nothing. A live game show where we bring six contestants up to, to talk about a pre-selected topic. And also to flash a topic that they have no idea what it will be. A completely unscripted debate. By experts making it up right on the spot. It's sort of like a bar argument meets TED Talks. More effects than a Texas textbook. It's like the Mabel Memorial March Madness every month. You can get our podcast every two weeks on the Peak Sloth Network. You can get our live shows every month at the wind-up space. Alternative facts, we got them. We invented them.